Judah and Matthew are dumpster people, and they occasionally use foul and inappropriate language. Listen at your own risk. Welcome to Brother Date Mailbag Edition. I'm Matthew. I'm Judah. Um, I'm so glad it's not a Star Trek week. Me too, but I know that in a b- one brief hour we'll be back on the clock for Star Trek. That is a fact, but it's good that I know this one's not going to be three hours long, and I don't have to read off any of the episode descriptions off of a website. That is the part you find the most hateful. I just, remembering it's very hard, because why would anyone remember this? And then, but reading it is much worse. So I'm left with my own garbage memory to figure it out. Uh, anyway. Now, I think this is, I think this is episode 110. Because mm, that, that seems insane, right? We've done a lot of these. Well, okay, it's been, what, two and a half years? I guess that makes sense then. Yeah. Started these in March of 16. Yeah, two and a half years. We're good. This is like the 36th or 37th one of this year, so we're, we're doing, crushing it. We're doing all right. If you get over 40 a year, then you're you're doing fine. I think so. That's our goal anyway. Hey, uh, it's a mailbag week. Yeah, I guess we should go ahead and jump in. I don't know if we got a lot or what, but we'll find we out. We got some. We got some mail. Mailbag by brother date. On the 5th, Shannon wrote, at brother date, we have a problem with phantom deliveries from Amazon, too. Hmm. Our buzzer system means it's obvious when they fake a delivery attempt. Nearly every time we flag it up with customer service, they throw a free month of Prime at us. We've had at least a year free by now. Yeah. Well, I was glad that somebody else is having this problem. Because when you have a buzzer, it is very, very easy to tell when somebody has not attempted delivery. Yeah, she didn't grow up in our weird family, so she has the self-esteem to complain when something goes wrong (laughs) i've tried complaining a few times and it has got me just nowhere because they can't explain they don't try to explain it they don't sit there and and explain why it says it's delivered when it hasn't been delivered or why they say delivery attempted when no delivery was attempted because they don't know because they're the customer service people i had a delivery thing where i ordered something on saturday and they were like hey we'll send it to you tomorrow it's mm. going to come on Sunday. And I was like, fine. Yeah. Like, I'm not going to turn that down. And then it didn't come on Sunday. And then they sent me a thing like late Sunday night saying, oh, your delivery has been delayed. Uh, it'll it'll come either Monday or Tuesday. Then it came super late yesterday evening. Hmm. Like while I was out uh, watching the new Chinese acrobats with Katie. So like definitely after 6 p.m., Okay, which is pretty late for deliveries here. But I didn't get the delivery notification, and then today I got a notification saying, your package will be delivered today, and then one second later, your package was delivered. But it was (laughs) delivered last night for sure. Yeah, it's weird that they, um, these carriers don't seem to have any kind of system. You'd think it would be an easy system. Like, did I deliver it? Yes or no. But they, they ain't on top of it. Nah. Nah, though. Nah. 
Also on the 5th, Shannon writes, at Brother Date, Omri's magical birthday gifts. Patrick gave him the figurine, his brother gave him the cupboard, and his mother gave him the key. The key was his grandmother's, and it's hinted that it's the source of magic. In the sequels, the kids do time travel using the key. So it's a magic key that can do anything? Yeah, and is it the kind of key, it's like a master key, it just fits in every lock? I guess it must. I mean, it fits in a bathroom cupboard, but I'm guessing that those don't have real sophisticated locking mechanisms. Sure, but when you and I were talking about this, we, I think we suggested that the only plausible explanation was that all these gifts came together, because why wouldn't they? Right. But now it sounds like everyone just kind of, like, half-assed it, and they're like, hey, uh, happy birthday, it's, um, I got a, it's a cupboard. So his shitty friend giving him the Indian figurine I get. He was yeah. he has a cowboy figurine. He wanted someone to push around. Right, exactly. That correct. makes perfect sense to yeah. me. Said, so now his you go lay down by the river. His brother giving him what she described as a used bathroom cupboard. That's a very strange thing. What does that mean? That's well. Remember the time you gave me an empty box? Well, that's because I wanted you to commit suicide. Right. I think this is the same the same scenario. I think when you give it was a new a, box though. <laughs> it was a very elegant box. I was. You know, when you're told to commit suicide, I think that's like the nicest possible way. Yeah. A, a tasteful box. But um, getting a used, a used bathroom, I'm working on it, a used bathroom cupboard, that's like the mean version of that. It's like, hey, go fucking kill yourself already. Uh, anyway, did it, I hate to keep following up on this, Shannon. Did his mom know the key was magic? Because don't give a magic key to a little kid. That's true, because it sounds like it's a, it was the grandma. a goddamn disaster waiting to happen. It was grandma's magic key, and why would she just give him a random key if she didn't know it was magic? Yeah. Unless she, too, was saying, hey, fuck you. <laughs> like, I hate you. I wish you weren't my kid. I wish Happy you'd get birthday, lost. Happy birthday, I guess, asshole. Go get lost in the woods or something. Here's a key. You little shit. How come we live in a society where infant mortality is super high and your dumbass made it? Here's a key. <laughs> That's right. Um, then on the 7th, uh, she sent us a picture of uh, two Kurt Vonnegut novels, Slaughterhouse-Five and Cat's Cradle. Okay. At Brother Date, two of the approximately ten works of fiction that have survived my book cull are by Vonnegut. Breakfast of Champions was horrible and one of the first to go. Sure. Been a long time since I read either of them. We'll do Cat's Cradle since I know you don't like time travel. Is it you? Do you not like time travel? You... Well, I mean, I don't. I don't like it because I feel like it's one of those things. <clears throat> I'm not sure we've talked about this, but I guess we must have because she knows that. I think it's one of those things that nobody has any good theories about. So every single time travel story ever made was dumb. Because no one's come up with a good way to describe it. Or show what it would be like. So huh. you get like, um, hey, how'd you go back in time? Oh, we like went really fast. Yeah. So fast that we went back in time. And you just go, oh, okay. Yeah, that well, what suck. happened when you were there? Oh, all kinds of stuff, dude. We fought like space aliens and we went to the future and everything. And then we went back to our time. But everything was like, I was the same. And you're just like, okay. Well, okay then. This was a bad story. Anyway, I don't like time travel. Well, you responded to her tweet. Best thing to happen to the podcast in a while. Hurrah for book reports. Yeah. And she responded back, glad to bring a bit of culture to the podcast. That this sounds podcast like an insult. This podcast is pure culture. Yeah, I, I, um, I, I, I would disagree. 
with what is it if not culture i ask you yeah we talk about um do, do we maybe talk too much about how all pornography is incest pornography now yes that's culture though too much that but is, we didn't invent it yeah that is american culture circa 2018 and uh there's the haps with cape apps yeah right? that's culture. that's somebody's culture and um 90s band power hour cool this is a cultural podcast it really is okay also the entire star trek podcast that too yeah the sci-fi it, it stuff covers five television series made over 40 years it's extremely uh, uh, yes that's weird what we're doing is the thing she said we weren't doing that's right yeah very wrong put that on a shirt uh, at Brother Date on the 9th, by the way, she uh, sent us a picture of the uh, little dog creature from Mirror Mirror. Hmm. The, the, uni- uh, the unicorn dog. The unicorn dog that's box holding, that's nice, but, you know, it gets real nasty when it goes through the transporter accident. <laughs> right. What planet must I travel on to get a unicorn dog? Jesus, that thing is cute. Mm, well, um... It's got a coat hanger antenna, which I did not really notice. <laughs> I can't remember what planet that thing is supposed to be from. Yeah. What week was that? Do I still have my notes? Mir- Mir- I probably know what planet that thing's from. Mirror TOS. <clears throat> I'm hoping Memory Alpha will tell me about that dang dog. That's like, that's like kind of an early one, right? Yes. Wait, is it Mirror Mirror or The Enemy Within? It's The Enemy Within. Oh. Mirror oh, Mirror. Yes. Is, uh, yeah. It's the one with, within, uh, where she wasn't going to say anything because he is the captain, after all. Week five, probably mm. still in Evernote. I just want to know, because she said, which planet do I have to go to to get this dang old unicorn dog? Boy, my notes. Well. My notes were so sparse in week five. <laughs> here's, my en- here's my entire summary of the episode. Magnetic ore on the uniform of a geologist causes a transporter malfunction, and the Enterprise beams up two Kirks. All right, I got One it. is gentle and meek, and the other is animalistic and ruthless. Once the duplication is discovered, they're forced to take the transporter offline, leaving men stranded on the rapidly freezing planet below. Good. That's enough. Um, it's The planet is Alpha 177. That's the planet oh, you have to go to to get that dog. So, uh, it looks like one of the classic Hellscape planets. In case you're wondering. And, and on the 15th at Brother Date, Matt definitely assigned some Vonnegut at the end of your last mailbag. I'm reading it, but it's taking a bit longer to read than Indian in the Cupboard. Won't be done this week. I am uh, excited to learn whether you think it's a better or worse book than Indian in the Cupboard. <laughs> Just based on her review, her three-tweet yeah. review or whatever will happen. Exactly. Well, yeah, I mean, that'll be my only way of finding out, because... She, uh, she didn't say, so Shannon, for next mailbag... Uh, which do you like better, Indian in the Cupboard or My Brother Sam is Dead? <laughs> we'll just keep a running ranking going. Hold of on. all of what, what we call the new canon. That's right. We'll create a spreadsheet and um, we'll make it very clear which are the the good books. The new Bibles, we'll just call it. That's it for the mailbag. No Ryan, what? no Marjon. He suppose Ryan's butthurt that we gave so much praise to Shannon. Probably. No one wanted to play in the space with us. It makes me sad. I am exploring the space vigorously. As usual, if you want to tweet at us, that's at BrotherDate. I know we have a new listener now. Joanne, if you're listening, please tweet at us. Oh, new listeners. Yeah. 
Someone yeah. sent me a picture this week of of a brother date playing on their car stereo. Holy crap! And I said, "Welcome to the world's dumbest fraternity." You made a big mistake. You should probably go real fast so you can go back in time. Change what you did. Well, uh, so are we doing an eleven minute podcast this week, or did you have something you wanted to talk? I about? I have so much to talk about. I All have right. a lot to talk about because stuff's just been building up, like. <sighs> Do you remember a long time ago I told you about passing a truck in New Hampshire that said Dixon Cider on it? It was a cider company, and it was called Dixon Cider. Yes. <laughs> yes, Dixon Cider. And I couldn't believe it that it was real, because <laughs> you shouldn't name your company Dixon Cider. It's like a prank from Top Gear, yeah. or also uh, a, a type of van that occurs in Grand Theft Auto. <laughs> <laughs> right, exactly. <laughs> and uh, and I was baffled by that happening. Um, I was invited to a party, uh, I guess a few months ago now, I've been waiting to tell this, here in Nashville uh, that our realtor was throwing. I think as a way to network. Maybe we'd come in, maybe we'd bring someone, maybe we would just spread all the good word about their... Um, Super Realting? Aer- Super Aryan Realting, Realting Company. <laughs> they sent us a Christmas card uh, last year, and uh, it was like the whitest picture of people I've ever seen. There was like 12 super white people, most of them with like fake blonde hair. Was there coded language about how they'd find you the right neighborhood for your family? <laughs> it doesn't have to be coded around here. That's the thing about the oh, South. Oh, I see. They could just come out and say it. They could just be like... We'll the code be- is no blacks. No blacks. That's how they say it in code. <laughs> no blacks. Uh, no no dang Mexicans. All that stuff. Uh, they're very uh, agitated about Mexicans in the South, even though they don't have nearly as many as, like, California or Texas. Do they have... Have you heard, like, any crazy rumors about Mexicans that they've got down there that don't make any sense? I would love to know what the local bad stereotype take is. You mean something along the lines of, if you throw the beans at the homosexual, the beans will explode? Yes. And that's how you know they're homosexuals. (laughs) That is the... That's the... um, That's the one that I usually go to when I'm describing something like that. An insane stereotype. Um, I don't know. We did have uh, someone on our stupid... um, uh, HOA here say something about how the Mexicans that came and worked on the roof didn't do a good job or something. And Marjan <laughs> and I just looked at each other and went, yeah, we we made it. We're really here. <laughs> You've done the dang thing. <laughs> we're in the American South. Um, so we were invited to this place called Diskin Cider, which is a brewery and eatery. I mean, it's. The, I guess it's the same joke if you're a robot and sex is weird for robots. <laughs> That's right. Well, we all know it is. Um, every every movie with uh, with robots coming to life, there's a weird sex part, right? People got to have Plus sex. Was there with one robots. in Short Circuit? Oh, absolutely. Uh, the guy who's pretending to be Indian. Yes, <laughs> he definitely nails Johnny Five. Okay, I mean, cool. It's implied. It was the eighties. They they just basically showed him like waking up the next morning, but it was they for sure did it. It's not worth looking up that guy's name. He's not Indian. <laughs> That's the main thing about it. It's very it's very frustrating, but also I kind of appreciate how hard he tried. Is it okay to say that? It's probably not, right? <sighs> I mean, like, the, it was a poor casting decision, but the guy put, put yeah. the work in, is like, what you're saying? Whoever decided that was obviously in the wrong. 
But that Wilbur guy. Said, that's, uh, that's good enough. That guy's got black hair. <laughs> right. But that guy, I feel like he went to work. He studied. And he tried his best. Because there were a lot of people, now granted it was the way back times, but there were a lot of people who didn't know that wasn't an Indian guy. Now if you watch it, you go, when I was eight that it wasn't an Indian guy. Exactly. But I think nowadays, an eight-year-old would go, that... What? That's not an Indian. (laughs) That's not right. Um... So anyway, I I was reminded of Dick's Insider when I was invited to the Aryan Realtors party at Dick's Insider. Do you think he wanted to serve Dick's Insider and he was like... This I can't. Is, this, is prof- this is a networking event. This I can't. is professional. I do love that joke, but I can't. <laughs> but Disc Insider, it turns out, is close pretty enough. close. It's almost good enough for me. Yeah, I, for a second I thought it was um, Dixon spelled different, and I got I got really excited. And then I saw what it was, and I said, no, I'm not going to your stupid party. Yes, I am white. I will not be attending. That's actually how you RSVP. First question is, are you white? Second question <laughs> is, will you be attending? Well... There's my phone. We're doing good work. Yeah, this is a good episode, I think. <laughs> this is usually this is how you know the good stuff's coming. It might be time for us to get started on another project. <sighs> well, that ball's in your court. It is in my court. Ball's in Biscuit's court. Keeps <laughs> um, me on Biscuit. You know, let's just play a game. Oh, shit, you got a game? Let's play. It's, well, it's not a fun game. It's fun for yeah. me. Um, let's do a video games power hour. We only did it once. I can't pretend video I don't hear how great that power is. Hour. <laughs> I love that song. It's such a good song. Again, I was a I was a fool not to have realized that was the best video game soundtrack for so uh, many one, years. One more time, but louder because I like it so much. Can't do it. Video game power hour. Every single synthesized instrument is going just buck wild in that one. <laughs> do they, do you, I don't know how they programmed these things. I don't know how they did the music on the old cartridge games. Did that guy have a keyboard he was playing on? Nah. So he was literally just programming that a note at a time? Yeah, yeah, he was programming <laughs> one note at a time per channel. Yeah. And that's what I thought, and that's what I remembered, but it seems nuts when you hear something like that. Yeah, well, definitely not, but also, I don't think that's playable on a keyboard. I'm going to be honest with you. <laughs> Usually one. when you look up video game music, there's like 10 uh, teenage dudes in their bedroom playing a version of it on their Ibanez guitar or like... Uh, Carvin? Oh, like a Jackson Super Strat or something. Um, you know what I mean? Like one of these metal guitars. Sure. But um, you can you can look that one up either as Katana or as Sodom because it's got two names. And uh, you're not going to find a dude trying to play it. That's I mean, there's one dude, but he doesn't play the fancy part. He plays the dumb, boring part. Yeah. And, um, yeah. Just at the, it is so lovingly created to think of somebody just going in there a note at a time. I mean, that's just... I don't even know how much money you would make for doing the soundtrack for the Final Fight video game. So I think it's a labor of love. Oh, I would say... Uh... 
he probably had one month to do the whole soundtrack for the whole game. Yeah. And he was probably making $32,000 a year, yep. is my guess, in 1990. Labor of love, for sure. Yeah. <clears throat> I'm you know gonna... what? It might only been twenty four thousand dollars a year in nineteen ninety. Um, it's just so sad, and I always wonder how how did they get such talented people? Why were those people not being discovered to do other things? But <clears throat> I'm not going to ask you about Final Fight. It's not going to come up this time. It's a tough. It's a tough question for me because I never did well. It's all. It's well. It's the early day of game. the early days of gaming and the. Uh, NES and SNES era, there were plenty of games that were just too hard to beat. You couldn't get too far in them. Like uh, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, which right now is sitting at number two on your list. So, Well, yes, of the ones you've asked, that's such a good game, too. So just to recap, last time I asked you about ten games, you've got Super Mario Bros. 3 on top of that ten-game list. It's going to be hard to shift. Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles... Final Fantasy X, Fallout 4, Grand Theft Auto Vice City, Airport Tycoon. It's a good game. <laughs> Air Combat 2, F-Zero, California Games on the Atari 2600, and Jet Moto. <laughs> Even below California Games. There aren't many Atari games that I'm going to put worse than Jet Moto. Maybe Burger Time. I'm not a big fan of Burger Time. <laughs> I just I love the idea that there's going to be a Jet Moto floor on this. We're going to be like, oh boy, is it worse than Jet Moto? Yeah. That's going to be the problem. tough one. I'm sure you'll think of something, but it's going to be hard. <laughs> Well, today I went with some good ones, just to get them on the list. Cool, cool. But I'm actually going to start with Animal Crossing, the first one for N64 and GameCube. Cool. I think we played this one on GameCube, if I remember correctly. that is correct. So, Animal Crossing. This is a game where you move to a new... You have no past. You move to a (laughs) new town. You get put to work by a raccoon dog who runs the local general store... And you meet wacky animal neighbors, and you build an idyllic forest society. And you're in debt the whole time to that to that raccoon dog. You're in debt, but like in the best way it's possible to be. In oh, debt. sure, yeah. Like it's if like you don't play for three years and you turn it back debt. on, he doesn't come after you and try to murder you or anything. Yeah, like you can pay it back whenever. You just can't get a bigger house till you paid off the old one. Yes. Yeah, yeah. And if you pay off all your debts, he builds you a statue. So. That's actually pretty good. <laughs> that's cool. It's wasteful, but it's cool. <laughs> that's like that's the video game equivalent of really good credit, I guess. Is this uh, is a this is a, what I would call a good game, and also, um, like, it kickstarted one of my favorite series. Yeah, I was gonna say we've played a number of these since then, and not only that, it kind of hits your sweet spot, right? Which is this is a game essentially about collecting things and checking things off of lists. That is correct. Yeah. Like, what new fish are available this month? i got to catch those fish this month. Oh, and it's only available from uh, 5 a.m. to 5 p.m., so I can't fish for this one at night or whatever. Yep, 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 yep. Yeah. So this is a check out a strategy guide or get a game fact to find out when all the shit's available and then do it all. Um, This is a real good game, but you have, in your initial 10, I like seven of them a lot, and I'm okay on F-Zero, so it's like... Is mostly going up against pretty good competition. Yeah. Well, what I'm trying to do is name games that you have actually played enough to have an opinion. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I am, for me, the first Animal Crossing. Did the first Animal Crossing, do you remember if it had K.K. Slider? Yeah, it did. 
That had KK slider. Yeah, okay. I remember what a mind blow it was when he would like play a song, and then like the, they'd play the credits. Yeah, yeah. While yeah. he was singing his song, he'd be like, "Oh, I gotta show up Saturday night after eight p.m. or whatever because KK is gonna play." This is coming in for me at number four. Ooh. This is a good game, and I played a lot of hours of it. So that goes in ahead of Fallout Four. Yes. But behind Final Fantasy X. That's correct. Okay. Yeah, that was a good one. That was a uh, a fun game. Um, how about video pinball for the Atari Twenty Six Hundred? Mm. This is what I like to call the basis of a game. Yeah. <laughs> if you were like, "What's a video game?" This uh, is possibly the most basic that a pinball simulation can be mm-hmm. a lot of pinball games have uh, simulate the vertical nature of an actual pinball machine by having it be two screens like an up screen and a down screen right. and the ball will travel up between them uh not video pinball there's a plunger on the right and uh a couple of bumpers but they're they're squares. It didn't even occur to me that they were supposed to be bumpers and a couple of shoots that the thing can go through. Right. And you can like get points and an extra life or whatever. You can, you can nudge the, the board a little bit, but it's yeah. pretty sensitive and you will tilt. Yep. So it, this is again, possibly the most basic. Yeah. And think about it in Atari 2600 graphics too. It Video was some shapes experience. on the screen and you yes, it's went, mostly oh. blue and orange. Like, Oh, I get it. That's the, okay. That's one of them little paddle things down there. Um, difficulty sliders that'll open like extra holes on the side. And mm. then, um, yeah, uh, this is a game I also played a lot, but there's not a ton of it. It's definitely better than California games. Suck at California I mean, it's games. more basic than California games. There's only one game. Yes, but, but that game a, is better game than is better. like the hacky sack yeah. or the surfing or whatever. It has a lot more replay. Oh, the surfing is so bad. The surfing was impossible and bad. California I think games. it's not as good as Air Combat 2. So then the question is, do Ooh. I think that Video Pinball is a better or worse game than F-Zero? Nice. And I like that you're not going to make some kind of sentimental argument about how this is what video games were for an era and how that was when you started playing video games. So this is... Uh, well, I mean, even for the Atari 2600, video pinball's not particularly sophisticated. This is not the height of the 2600. Like, Which, as we know, is that football game. <laughs> that football game where you have two characters on each team. <laughs> Yellow and blue or whatever. Yellow versus blue. That wasn't such a good game. <laughs> no, it was a real diaper. Yep. Um, I think this game is not quite as good as F-Zero. Okay. I'm going to put it in here at number 10. Like, about as complicated. They're both sort of technology demonstrators, but for worse technology. <laughs> That's correct. Yeah, basically. I mean, look, F-Zero is not a great game. There's like five tracks. Yeah. We've talked about this before. It's an endless spawning series of cars that are your obstacles. So it's yeah. not like you can... Lapping anybody means anything or makes any sense. Yeah, there's like, there's like five tracks and there's only four cars you can be... It's they did not give it's you. It's not options. clear what this how this would function as a race. So yeah, yeah. It's um, but there's probably it's probably more fun to play F Zero in 2018 than it is to play video pinball. My favorite part of this as it goes forward will be imagining the Jet Moto creators just feeling worse and worse about themselves <laughs> that their game is worse than both video pinball and California games. Yeah. 
I'm sure more things will slot in above them, too. Yes, as each one falls there between F-Zero and Jet Moto, it'll be more hilarious. Um, uh, the third one I wanted to do was something that's pretty recent. We actually played it for a chunk of time late last year, early this year. It's Call of Duty World War Two. Call of Duty World War Two. So... Did you play any of the campaign for Call of Duty World War II? I played as many as two missions. Okay, me too. This is the part of the game that takes place in World War II. Yes, the rest of it is so, um, different. You do you do D-Day, and then I did a second mission where you like... There's like a tank. Yeah, I There's some that. tank shit. Mm-hmm. And then probably you play the rest of World War II. I don't honestly know, because then we just started playing the uh, multiplayer. Right. Um, not as good a set of levels as usual. I agree f- with that. A few levels I didn't hate, and a few levels I really did hate, and then a <laughs> bunch of mediocre stuff. Yeah. So this is not the Call of Duty game for me. No, and it's not going to go on the list today, but what, do you think that's, what, like the the Black Ops one we played that one time, or... Maybe the first Black Ops one? I don't know, that was the first, that was the first Call of Duty that I played. Yeah. That was the first online multiplayer game I really played, I think. Yeah. That was when I was um, in Boston, and we were playing that one together. Um, that one that one might have been our favorite. Yeah. My favorite. But uh, the next couple were okay, too. I just don't remember the order in which they were released. There have been so many. Yeah, I may give you a heads up on some of these in the future if I need you to remember which one it is. Because yeah. a lot of these are in series. Uh, so this is, uh, because this is World War II, it's like, there's not, uh, drones and fancy super weapons and dumb shit, but that's okay. Cause there were a lot of different weapons already in World War II by World War II times. So there's plenty of variety and stuff like that. I yeah. think this is about, this is going to go, I think, so this is in the realm of an air combat two for me mm. in that it is a lesser entry in a series. Right. I don't. I can't. I don't think I can put it above Airport Tycoon. Airport Tycoon was pretty boss, bro. You could like build more runways. Yeah. No, it had everything you wanted. And then you would like they'd show you the schedule board. And also, you could like... get it for seven dollars at Fry's. So like <laughs> that's how we that's how we got it. I'm sure. So hey, so I've got this uh, sitting at uh, the new number eight. All right, in between Airport Tycoon and Air Combat too. Yeah, which of course had that giant enemy airborne fortress that was incoming. Was it incoming? Oh, it's it was incoming. Incoming, yeah. Well, let's just do it. Defender of the Crown. <sighs> of course, right. the Defender NES version the that we played. Defender of the Crown for the NES. You play as... Boy, what time period is Defender of the uh, Crown? Even it is the 11th Norman century. Norman Invasion, right? Yeah. So you play as one of the... Anglo-Saxon lords attempting to repel William the Conqueror. Sure. You it's it's a several different kinds of game. It's kind of a sim aspect where you like manage the troops in your castle and fight big battles. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's uh, some jousting and tournament stuff. Yeah, there's a lot of tournament. I, like the, it's almost like we're supposed to believe in <laughs> in the tenth or eleventh century. You would like you'd be fighting a war, you'd have a giant battle, and then you'd have like three tournaments. Yeah, and then you'd be like, "All right, we should probably go fight another battle to try to win, try to conquer these other people." Let's, but then you fight three more tournaments. 
there's a lot of tournaments in this game. Uh, there's a, I think there's like a romance aspect of it that I never really played. And then you can do raids on castles and you can call Robin Hood for help. He, so had, a, he had a longer health bar. He had a longer health bar. You could use him three times. Uh, yes. Yeah. Yeah, you'd go to Sherwood and be like, hey, Robin. But as uh, as you said, as long as you go... <laughs> back, back, forward, back, 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 forward. back, forward, back, back, forward. You don't need to worry about Robin Hood. That's right. Yeah, even the weakest guy. Even if you pick the Lord with the weakest uh, raid skill, um, you'd, you'd be fine. And remember, each guy you picked had, like, he had a, a letter grade for finances raiding and jousting each yeah, aspect of the game like that. yeah this game is punishingly hard oh yeah impossible uh my war was over quickly <laughs> most times sometimes i would lose before i even really got to the part where you have put a bunch of men in the castle it was just so hard the finance part was the punishing part it yeah. was impossible to work the finances in a way that made sense that you could like hire an army and like buy things like Greek fire or whatever. Uh, the music obviously was very, very good. Uh, yeah. We... And this is a holistic approach. Go jousting. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> gets fancier yeah it does Mm. so good And and i do want you to take all aspects into consideration. Yeah. But yeah, this was a garbage game with a great soundtrack. Uh, that said, this game is punishingly hard and not very good. I'm putting it right above Video Pinball. Okay. Worse gameplay than Video Pinball, but uh, yeah, but the soundtrack was boss. Soundtrack was real good. It didn't make you work for it either. All you had to do was enter a tournament to get that great joust music, or turn on the game to get that great theme. Uh, Alright, it's starting to come together here. Dynasty Warriors 2 for the PlayStation 2. Uh, So, I mean, this game was a revelation. So, Dynasty Warriors 2 is a game that takes place during the Three Kingdoms period of ancient China, from the fall of the Han Dynasty to the establishment of the Jin Dynasty. One of the roughly 60 or 70 games that (laughs) that take place in that era. You pick a lord from one of the kingdoms. He has a special weapon, special moveset all of his own, like it was a fighting game. Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, then you there's like a story mode where you play through that entire period from that kingdom's point of view. Right. Uh, and none of what I just said matters because what happens is great rock music plays. Yeah. So, but but there'll be like an air who or something in there too. Right. Some great some some Japanese guy shredding, and then them going, oh, it's a China. It's about China. Let's put some Chinese instruments in. Every once in a while, let's pipe in a Chinese instrument and try to fool people. Uh, You drop into a map, and uh, if, like us, the first time you play it, you don't realize that you have to kill the gate guards to stop more troops coming out, you eventually die after having killed 1,300 troops. (laughs) Yes, on Yellow Turban Rebellion, your first time playing, you go, How can this still be going? I've killed over a 1,000 of them. 
that's a wild game. You can beat it by press pressing one button over and over again, but there is more to it if you care. Mm-hmm. Um, this was a this game was a real revelation. How it do you both feel got about us interested them? in uh, Dynasty Warriors. Uh, it was the first game we bought for the PS2, yeah. and uh, also this is the reason why we have read and continue to discuss ad nauseum uh, Romance of Three Kingdoms. What about the uh, voice acting? Yeah, I don't have anything to say about the voice acting. Oh, game. yeah, I do remember I picked Shahu Dune the first time. Uh, this old boy had a huge uh, saber and uh, an eye patch. Yeah, and he had a, he had a him, comically he said, large Final Fantasy-style sword. Yeah, 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 yeah. And when I picked him, he said, I will be your opponent, which doesn't make sense, <laughs> but I was into it. That's right, you were confused but intrigued. I was like, uh, my opponent? Are you sure? Because <laughs> I thought I picked you. And I was certain um, through the first time I played, and I saw a dude with a uh, insanely long beard who appeared to be wearing just a robe. And I, yeah, yes, uh huh, yeah, I want and that you're one. You're hitting dudes with fan and magic chi and stuff. <laughs> um, the uh, voice actors were not taught how to pronounce Chinese words no. at all, and they don't pronounce them the same in different cutscenes. <laughs> no, for the first, there's three voice actors in the whole game. Yeah. Um, but you know what? Even Skyrim suffers from that problem. Yeah, it's true. Um, there have been a lot uh, since this. They got more polished for a while. They've continued to add and take liberties with more characters from the books. But um, if not for this one, uh, we are, my life would be so different. That's right. It's true. Uh, I've got this one up here pretty high. I'm going to put it in at number six. Well, ahead of Vice City. Yeah. Well, it was a fun fucking game. And like you said, we... Uh... We borrowed this with a bunch of other games like uh, Red Faction and some other shit. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then we th- after we played like a couple of levels of this uh, game, we went out and bought our own copy before we even returned the copy we were borrowing. <laughs> yeah, we, still we were like, have... no, nah, this is staying in the rotation. <laughs> we had the borrowed games for like another week. We were like, no, nah, we have to have this today. We have to have our own copy. It's so amazing. Um, remember what the terrible launch title was for the uh, PS2 that we that we got? Uh, shit. Was it not Red Faction? What was no, it? It was Midnight Club. Midnight Club. You remember how bad Midnight Club was? Midnight Club is a very bad game. <laughs> if we had only played Midnight Club, we just would have returned the whole PlayStation. <laughs> like, I mean, it looked fine, right? But, yeah. But it, it didn't look that much better than Need for Speed on the PlayStation 1. No. Right? Need for Speed Hot Pursuit. Yes, and it had like no, you were like no places to go. You could drive around a tiny city and do nothing. And it was it was an empty city with like no other cars. And you were just like, what? What's and this we game? Let our mom played, and she just drove around and <laughs> didn't get in any races. She just drove at a regular speed and looked at the city. It was a very bad game. Yeah, um, Midnight Club. Ugh. How about let's do a second Final Fantasy? Let's do Final Fantasy Eight. Final Fantasy VIII. For the PlayStation. Um, it is Final Fantasy VIII is not one of the better regarded Final Fantasies. Mm. Because they made enemies leveling. And I think uh, that spits in the face of a certain type of Final Fantasy fan. Yes. And yeah. although I am that type of fan, yeah. there, there was a lot of good stuff going on in VIII. So I've always kind of liked it. It was very different in... All of its systems and everything. Like, the way you had to play it. Also, and this will not sound true if I describe any of the plot, 
It was one of the least fantastical of the Final Fantasies. That's right. If you don't describe it, you can say it that way. In that it's like... the Some of the people have guns, and they like take a train places and stuff. And, uh, yeah. They have cars yeah. and trains and... Um, it does does a sorceress cry in such a way that monsters fly out of the moon yes that does i mean it does happen also there's some time compression time compression yes a central plot you do play two weird two timelines simultaneously with different sets of characters etc there's a lot to this game Uh, one thing about this game that sucks real bad is that it has an inbuilt card game this is the first one of these things and what was the point of this? Were they trying to sell that game in real life? I don't know. I don't know if they if they in Japan you could go buy physical triple triad cards because it seems like without a computer doing the math for you well this game would be punishing. So triple triad at least wasn't the one with the random number. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So Final Fantasy 9 has an even introduced worse card the game, game. Tetramaster, <laughs> yes. which was much worse. <laughs> much worse card game. Uh, but yeah, so in Final Fantasy, you can sort of treat it as one more collectible. Yeah. Like, you can turn the cards into items that you use to enhance your guardian forces. I played a lot of this game. Yeah. The question for me, I think the first question is, do I prefer 8 or 10? Okay. Good way so to do it. So at the end of the day, I think it's 10. Because I really like the sphere grid. So, it could, again, it comes down to system. And this, is, I think, is going to be pretty common, because the stories in Final Fantasy are always ass. They're all real bad. So uh, the, the, I'm not sure the story in Final... So the story in 8 is inscrutable. Oh, yeah, no, I, we literally... I wouldn't be able to say what the hell happens in that game. Yeah. It, like, nothing... Ma- these kids are all from an orphanage. That they've forgotten. That they, they have forgotten. And the master... The, the woman who ran the orphanage was like, dog level with me. Was she a good sorceress? She was a good sorceress. She was a good sorceress. But later she got possessed by the bad one. By the bad sorceress. <laughs> yeah. And her husband ran this school. Is that correct? Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. And then all these orphans were trained to fight. Uh, mainly, I just want to know, is seed an acronym? Uh, well, it's spelled capital S, <laughs> lowercase e, lowercase e, capital D. So is it pronounced seed, which would make sense because the schools are called gardens? Yeah. Or is it pronounced CD? Because that's how I would be tempted to read that. This is, by the way, recurring in all Final Fantasy games. Is everything an acronym? And what do any of them stand for? Because everything's capitalized all weird. So now there is a whole realm here that's like lesser incarnations of titles i like so we've got fallout 4 dynasty warriors 2 grand theft auto vice city Mm. none of these are the best of their genre right same is true of air combat 2 and call of duty world war 2 but those have their own problems yes so that's why they're below airport tycoon (laughs) uh and now in this genre i think i definitely got more out of final fantasy 8 than airport tycoon it's a question now i think of uh, Vice City. It was a fun one. Um, it had um, it had the first one with the strip club, and it had um, <laughs> uh, it had Ray Liotta. If you wanted to see some titties made out of five polygons, <laughs> five polygon titties and Ray Liotta. I don't know what else you want. Boy, there's not much, huh? Yeah. Uh, okay. Uh, I think that this is coming in below Vice City. All right. In between Vice City and Airport Tycoon. 
Yeah, lands. that's where Final Fantasy VIII's gonna live. Okay. Uh, how about Keith Courage and Alpha Zones? Keith Courage and Alpha Zones, the pack-in title for the TurboGrafx-16 if you don't get the one with the CD and you can't play Bonk's Adventure. That's right. Keith yeah, Courage describe and Alpha this Zones game. <laughs> is a game where you are a little kid with a tiny, ineffective sword, and you run around in an overworld, and you go into shops and stuff, and you stab things with your little sword, and it's a very bad platformer. Very bad. Your guy it jumps bad. controls very poorly. Yeah, he jumps bad, he moves bad. The cord on a TurboGrafx controller is only 18 inches long, so <laughs> the the whole thing feels very bad. It's like they went, look at this great technology we have But now. it has inbuilt turbo buttons, so... They went, look at this great technology, but no one will ever be sitting farther than two feet from their TVs, so... Then when you, when you get to the end, you take a fucking rainbow <laughs> down to the underworld where you become a robot suit guy <laughs> with a big laser sword. Yeah. It gets bigger in every level and it changes between alternates colors between red and blue in every level. Mm-hmm. And you kill like a gun with legs. Yeah, like a, a like a gun centaur, stuff. I like to I like to think of it. Yeah, it's a gun centaur. That's a good way of thinking of it. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe it's a gun um minotaur? Yeah, he's a gunatar. He's a gunatar. Uh and the music's different and your sword goes woof woof and you uh cut people all up and then, you know, like you get money down there that you can spend in the shop. Mm-hmm. I never got close to beating this game. I'm not sure. And I don't think I ever cared. I have no idea how long that game could possibly go on. But This is a game that you play when you've had enough of Tricky Kick and you don't feel like settling in for a long King of Casino session yeah. or an even longer Final Lap to win the passwords don't work session. Yeah, I gotta beat it all tonight or I'm fucked. Yeah. So this is kind of an in-between game for the Turbo Graphics. Uh, having said that, I don't hate this game. There's something that has stuck with me, at least over the years, uh, about this I game. I think this is probably right here, in between Air Combat 2 and F-Zero. So number 12 right now. Yeah. Well, it was an interesting... I want Interesting is the only way to put it. I don't really know what they were going for, other than weird platformer. Because... It didn't have a story game. The, I don't know if there were Turbo Graphics games that had stories, but that one didn't have one. Every Turbo Graphics game is a game that's too shitty to be a Nintendo game. Yes, so I think that's right. It's kind of like when you're in that milieu, Keith Courage isn't even that bad. Yeah, well, it's not as bad as Deep Blue, or in for instance, uh, Deep Blue is a very bad game. Um, I assume you played Pokemon X or Y or both of them. I sure did. I played Pokemon Y. Well, let's talk about Pokemon Y then. Pokemon Y, this is a pretty good game. All the Pokemon, mainstream Pokemon games, are pretty competent JRPGs. Uh, the rules in Pokemon Y are the same as in every other Pokemon. You gotta beat the eight gems, get all the badges, all right. then uh, beat the Elite Four and become the Pokemon champion. Along the way, there's like a bad team who's trying to do something devastating, usually to the ecology. Yes. And uh, you gotta beat those guys too. They're not... They're not gym leaders, and they're not in the Elite Four, but, like, they're just you around. still gotta... You got, they're doing bad shit, and you gotta stop them. Uh, Pokemon Y takes place in Pokemon's version of Europe. Oh, so there's right. a city that's a little bit like Paris. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's lots of gardens. Uh, it's got uh, it's got special fancy monsters, but uh, I never care about those. Uh, I did beat this game. And what platform is this game on? 
This is a Nintendo... Oh, this is a good question. I think this is a 3DS game. I think that's right. So this is a handheld game, so a lot of hours. Um, You can grow berries. You can catch uh, special bugs using honey. Um, And uh, there's probably 750 or 800 Pokemon you can catch. And that's sort of the key. If I'm going to be playing a game where I got to catch a lot of Pokemons. Well, here's the thing. You ain't got to catch them. Like, if you take your starter and you just keep evolving him and leveling up, by the time that dude's level 100, he's pretty good against most enemies. Right. So, you'll you'll pick up enough Pokemon on the way that if you're not interested in that game, in that part of the game, you don't have to do it. Are there people if who play OCD Pokemon? If you're OCD like me, it does prevent you from beating the game. Are, you, are there people who play Pokemon who don't want to catch them all? Uh, I mean, there might be, but there are people who play Pokemon who not only want to catch them all, but breed them until they get perfect EV and IV scores so that when they get leveled to level 100, they're like hella maxed. Yeah. Because uh, I remember from the theme song of the cartoon that you got to catch them all. And so that is definitely the way that I approached it. Yes, it is really it. the mantra of the cartoon, but it is always, uh, in the games, it's always kind of a side thing you can do. Like, in fact, usually you have to catch all the native ones to unlock a national Pokedex, and then you can catch all the ones from, you know, keep track of all the ones from outside of this region. Hmm. So that's uh, there's a lot to do here. This is a game, this would be a good game to have if you, for some reason, could only have one more video game. Yeah, like that was it. Yeah, to like, have your one. And the, the 3DS charges via USB. So, like, maybe you've got a hand crank that can charge USB and civilization is gone. This would be a pretty <laughs> good game to have because you could do a lot. There's a lot of hours you could put into this thing. Okay. Well, that sounds uh, so pretty positive. It's, it's a pretty good game. They're all pretty good. All the Pokemons are pretty good. Do you know offhand what your favorite Pokemon game is? Because, like you said, they're all very similar. They're they're very similar. Yeah. Uh, this is a good question. I think the first one I played a lot of was Diamond. Okay. So there's always something special about your first one. But I went back through and played like all the remakes, like Fire Red and uh, uh, you know Sapphire and stuff like that. So all the various new versions of the old games too. Right. Um, Pokemon Y might be my favorite of the Pokemons, though. Whoa! I think this is probably coming in at number five for me. So, for you, still a kind of a collecting game, but below the Animal Crossing collecting game. Yeah, Animal Crossing is way more chill. <laughs> Animal Crossing true. is such a good vibe that I love it. It's true, in Animal Crossing, no one will ever use a cheap-ass move on you. Yeah. And fucking KO your monster. There's like, there's nothing at stake. Yeah. If you don't weed your town, the villagers will be like, well, there's a lot of weeds around here. Like, it's passive-aggressive <laughs> is the most. Right. Or, like, maybe a villager will move out, but someone else will just move in. Yeah, some other ugly elephant or whatever will move in. You'll be like, yeah, whatever. Uh, like, especially once you've got the golden shovel and the golden axe and shit, and you're like, I'm good. Yeah, This is all going to work out just fine for me. <laughs> That's right, yeah. It's, this, I think this town's going to make it. I all have got all the fossils in the fucking museum. I'm cool. Yeah. All right. Um, so that's pretty high then. Five out of 18 so far. Um, I wonder how this one will fare. Red Dead Redemption. I assume for the PS3. Yeah, so Red Dead Redemption is a 
Grand Theft Auto 4 era video game. Yep. It is theoretically the sequel to Red Dead Revolver, but it was so different that it... I never played Red Dead Revolver. So Everyone thought the, that game was terrible. No one Here's did. the joke. Here's, here's what you probably heard 200 times. <laughs> oh, it's Grand Theft Horse. Right, yes. Um, it's better than Grand Theft Auto 4. Yeah. The, uh, the horseback mechanics mean that the world feels huge. Yeah. It's slower to get around, but, like, I guess because you're on a horse, you don't feel bad about it. Yeah, this is, like, early 1900s Texas. Yeah. But, you know, the way Grand Theft Auto does it. It's, like, 1911 or something. Fake names, Texas. Right. Um, the story's good. The story's fine. It works for me. Mm-hmm. Uh, all of the... Some of the side encounters you can have are punishingly difficult, but... Um, As we often make jokes about trying to shoot that rope. Yeah, so it's got, random... some, it's got some stress moments. This one isn't a real chill hang. No, it's not. Because uh, even if you're the... out there trying to collect some sage, there might be a cougar or something. Yeah, there's a lot of ways in which Red Dead Redemption is probably the best Grand Theft Auto game. Yeah. Um, it's, very, it's very atmospheric. It's very well done. How about just riding around... And the soundtrack that plays. Just every once in a while, like a sting of music. It's extremely good. They don't have it. So one of the strengths of the Grand Theft Auto games is the radio stations. Yeah. They're very carefully curated. There's always, there's fun gimmicks that happen in the radio stations. Eventually the talk radio got less good. Yeah. Um, Or maybe it stayed the same and my sense of humor just got more mature. That could be. Uh, So that, that is an aspect that is missing in this game. But everything is so beautifully scenic, and then just the little instrumental stings that come in are, are always very well done. Um, this was a great game. The big problem with this game is that all of the DLC was multiplayer, and that was the start of Rockstar's deal, right? Yeah. Like, that's how it is in Grand Theft Auto Five. I just want more of this story, and they made me wait until this month when Red Dead Redemption 2 comes out, and ho- hopefully it'll be just as good, but like that's... Many, many years. Yeah, it's yeah. so this came out, God, I don't even remember, 2010, 2009, 2010? Somewhere in there, for it's sure. It's been a while. I remember I was still out in Boston. Um, even if the next game that comes out in 10 days is only like three-fourths as good. That's it's a, been so long that we're ready for that. Yeah, I will spend a lot of hours on a game like that. This is a good, this is a good damn game. Yeah. I'm slotting it in at number two. By the way, another good one is just thinking that the people who made Final Fantasy X would see your list and find that they were behind Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. That game was so good. <laughs> that game was pretty cool. That game was so fun. Again, another punishingly difficult game, but very, very cool. I talk about good music. Absolutely. Um, yeah, I. you could make a case that this game is better than Super Mario Bros. 3. Mm-hmm. Super Mario Brothers 3 was mind-blowing, whereas this was, oh, this is better than Grand Theft Auto. It's very like Grand Theft Auto, but this is the better version of it. Yeah, it's kind of like what you have at the top is there are two different kinds of games, but games that were both executed to, like, yeah, the best that you could possibly expect a game to be executed. Yeah, Super Mario Brothers 3 was the best game on the original Nintendo. Yeah. No question. All right, I got one more for the day. And it's another strong candidate. It's Secret of Mana. Secret of Mana. 
this is an action RPG where you play uh, three characters who are attempting to prevent the, the elemental aspects of the planet from getting corrupted and prevent a... <clears throat> A terrible beast from being summoned. Yeah, they're going to reawaken the Mana Fortress. Yes. And the, maybe there's a beast that goes along with that. Maybe there's a maybe there's such as a Mana Beast, and there's a Mana Tree. So, story-wise, it's some typical Japanese knots. There is a bad empire, mm-hmm. and the emperor is bad, and he wants to do bad magic. Yeah. <laughs> and like in a lot of the uh, <clears throat> the JRPGs and, and, and in this one, too. The bad guy does not have any real motivation. He's just That's bad. correct. He's a bad guy. You are a literal child mm-hmm. who finds a magic sword, and a ghost tells you, it's up to you to solve this problem. <laughs> and you it's... go around and you upgrade some shit with your friends, and you visit the wacky environments, and you eventually develop the power to save the world. Yeah, it's, it's a sword in the stone situation, too. You pull out this sword, and not only is it the ghost who tells you, well... Look what you did, you gotta go fix it. But every adult you encounter in the entire game says the same thing. Yeah, yeah. It is clear to everybody that this has become your problem. That's right. And, you know, the good guys are the guys who stay out of your way. No one really helps. The good guys are like, well, I won't try to actively stop you from saving the planet. Uh, But it's another one where you gotta, uh, you collect orbs to make your weapons stronger. And you build up your magic skills. Each character has different skill sets. But yeah. they can also you can also freely swap weapons between them, mm-hmm. so you can build up a weapon that you like and use it with any character. But the two of the three characters have uh, strong magic. One's and defensive and one's offensive. This was one of those one of the first multi tap games. I don't know if you yeah, used. Yeah, you it can that play much. this with three people. Yeah. If you want to be frustrated by the fact that someone's not coming in the direction you're trying to walk. Yes, yeah, so when me and my friends would play, it would be like, Brandon, why are you behind that rock? We can't go. We can't go to the next screen because you're stuck behind the rock. No, you're the girl. Anyway, so the music on this is great. It's super fun. This is definitely a game that I've played all the way through, uh, even to the point of like fighting knights who can randomly drop orbs to upgrade weapons. Yeah, like beyond their last, what was supposed to be their last level or whatever. right. Yeah, yeah. And that's just a it's just a bug. It's just a straight up bug. Yeah. Um. Yeah, great game, great music. Uh, there's, a, I think there's a whole Legacy Music Hour that's just music of Secret of Mana. It's probably the only one worth listening to. Yeah. And this is 1994, I want to yeah, say. Yeah, this, this is... 93? 94. I don't know. This is a full swing SNES. This is a Final Fantasy VI contemporary. Yeah. There are other games in the series. I like them to various other extents. Yes, like such as a, a Legend of Mana. Yeah, but this one's definitely the the tops. Um, this is going to be in that top tier for sure. It's just a question of where to put it for me. Mm. I dropped a lot of hours into this game, but I don't know that it had as much of an effect on me as well. I don't know. Here's what I'll say: any any of the songs from the other list we're doing, the '90s Power Hour list. Like, odds are, one of those songs, if you were to tell... It would remind me of that game. It would remind yeah, me of Secret well, of Mana. Because it definitely was playing on the radio while I was watching you play Secret of Mana, or you were watching me play Secret of Mana. Yeah, one which, of those two things was certainly happening. Which was probably a, a large portion of the 90s. And yet, despite that, 
still know all of the music from Secret of Mana. That's right. Yeah, that's right. We played so it enough. We played it so them. much that we played it with the radio on and with the radio off extensively. Yeah. I I don't see how this cannot be the top game you've said so far. Ahead of Mario Brothers Three, the best game on the NES. Yeah. Well, it wasn't on the NES, so I didn't just make a liar out of myself. No, I know. I'm saying that's uh, that's that is very high, but I'm not. I would not be in disagreement because it is a boss game. You get to like. Uh... It's a lot more active than the Final Fantasy games because you run around and you have to actually position yourself to hit people with your sword. Yeah, not really turn based. It's, it's actually it's not turn based. Yeah. Well, this is a pretty good list so far. Literally the only thing I've ever uploaded to YouTube is me playing the beginning of Secret of Mana. <laughs> it's just me killing Robites for an hour. I love that you did that. Why did you do that? I was going to do a Let's Play where I just did nothing but more and more Rabbite killing when I got <laughs> real bored with it. Um, of the 20 on the list so far, how many would you say are games that you like? Just if you oh. were, like or not like, kind of like a Rotten Tomatoes kind of score. Uh, just a, just just a, just a positive. Yeah, just a, a thumbs flip. up or thumbs down. Uh, oh boy, of these ones that you have put on this list, I am thumbs up on. Because and the point I'm sixteen. I'm thumbs up on sixteen of the twenty so far. And the point I was going to make. That is a very large amount because this is a different kind of list from the other one. We spent a lot of time listening to the radio in the 90s. That's right. But I remember hating almost all of it. Yeah, and if we rented a game from Blockbuster and didn't like it, we were just fucking done with it. That's right. Now look, at some point you're going to say, hey, what about the Three Stooges game? Yeah, I'll ask you to rate Bill and Ted's bogus, excellent video game adventure or whatever. Yeah. (laughs) And even that I have mixed feelings about. (laughs) The game is so game. wild, but the it has like game breaking bugs, so that's <laughs> that that's a real problem. The game that game feels like the whole game was an accident. Uh, yes, at some point I will have some worse games to yeah. ask you about. But so far, you've I mean you've asked a lot of there's a lot of heavy hitters on this list already: Secret of Monster Mario Brothers, Three Red Dead Redemption, etc. Yeah, got two. You got two of the Final Fantasies that I played extensively on the list, so yeah. it's like. You know, when when you ask me about Final Fantasy 2, I'm not going to have a lot to say. It's going to be lower down. But. Yeah. Um, yeah, and just the point being that this is a much more self-selecting list. It really I'm is. I'm not going to ask you about games we didn't bother playing. Well, we had to pay money for these, whereas... Radio was free. Uh, yeah, listening to Oasis didn't cost us a cent. The part I can never figure out is, like, I guess it's because we got tired of listening to the video game music. Because it's like, oh, I've never keep, been a video game music guy. Like, why would we keep listening to KOME when I hated all of the music? But it's like, oh, you can only listen, even the good soundtracks, like, you can only listen to it loop a certain number of times before you want yeah. to fucking kill yourself. Like, I like the world map music in Final Fantasy VI, yeah. but it's just f- 10 seconds of that loop and then battle sound effects, and it's like, there's not enough there to keep you going. Yeah. At some point, you'd rather be like, oh, uh, Pot USA has a new song. Maybe they'll play it, or maybe they'll play Pearl Jam over and over again. Yeah, maybe it'll just, hopefully it'll be Jeremy or Better Man, but it'll probably be. <laughs> the Yellow Leather or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I don't, 
honestly, at this at this great remove, uh, well, for, uh, first of all, I have strong feelings about Yellow Ledbetter because of that amazing cover. <laughs> he did do a very good job. Um, you know, we can go ahead and do a. If you don't have any objection, we can do a quick haps. Well, let's hit a quick haps. Perhaps with K-Paps. Fool everyone, they're both video game sounds. Um, This is going to be a quick one, because Marjan was out of town last week for a conference, and I was trying to kill time. And um, It wasn't even a Star Trek week. No. And I was scooting around Netflix trying to find the next thing to waste my hours on. And I started a show, a Korean show, called Mr. Sunshine, which is a terrible name for a period drama about uh, Korea in the early 1900s. (laughs) Yes, it doesn't convey that at all. The upheaval and turmoil that happens then. It's about a U.S. Marine of Korean um, ancestry who goes to Korea to, um, I think, uh, mess around with political um, machinations and, and try to basically make it so that they're a puppet state of the United States or whatever. But um, how come these Korean shows can't hire Americans to play Americans? And oh. Hong, Hong Kong does the exact same thing. You've seen plenty of Hong Kong movies where there will be a white guy in it, and he's supposed to be like an American gangster of some kind, but he's not. Yep. He's Eastern European or something, and you go, oh, couldn't they have just made him Ukrainian? Because he's Ukrainian or whatever. So this uh, this Marine, he has a friend who's a white guy in the U.S. Marines, but he's got some kind of weird fucking accent, and I don't know what it is. Some kind of European accent. And I'm watching it, and I'm going, okay, all right, I mean, maybe that's just one up, one foreign guy in the Marines or whatever. There's a scene where they talk to Teddy Roosevelt, but it's like Hungarian Teddy Roosevelt. Oh, that feels very wrong. <laughs> At first, I was like, what? Are they in TR's office? Is this TR? And he comes up, and they literally have him say, speak softly, but carry a big stick. When you go to Korea, is what he tells them. I see. But, well, he, but he goes... Not, maybe that's when he said it. He goes, he's like, speak softly and carry a big stick. <laughs> what the fuck are we doing? <laughs> well, because you're supposed to read it in the subtitles. You're not supposed to listen to his actual delivery. And, like, I know that like um, uh, Hollywood is extremely guilty of this of just hiring whoever to play whatever like i don't know he's kind of brown like he can be any rocky even though he's an indian in real life or whatever but um being on the other side again the random marine being european was fine but hungarian tr blew my mind That's extremely rough. To the point where I couldn't concentrate on the rest of the episode, and I have no idea whether it's worth watching or not. You should show that to our mother. (laughs) Show her Hungarian TR. Show her Hungarian Teddy Roosevelt, because she's a big... She's a big fan of Teddy Roosevelt. Um... 
So anyway, I have no idea whether I can recommend the show or not. I think I have to watch a second episode because I the whole first episode, even though that was one scene in the beginning, I just the whole time I was in my own head going, why? Well, they couldn't just get any American? They couldn't find one American to put in a fake mustache. So better or worse than uh, Fisher Stevens in Short Circuit? Oh, that's I'm glad you looked him up. Oh, worse. 100% worse. You could not convince an eight-year-old in the 1980s or whatever. There's no way you could convince an eight-year-old in the 1980s that this was TR. Or that this was an American. So this is worse than that. Um, and I, I started a Chinese drama, too, that was uh, much more hyper-serious, but was also kind of dull. It's like, um... Something about phoenixes. Another period drama. Anyway. There's a huge amount of that stuff, but, like, unless something, like, jumps out at me, like with uh, Kentaro, the Sweet Tooth Salary Man, <laughs> uh, I, it's hard for me to wade in, because I'm like, am I going to be, wa- am I going to waste at least two hours to find out I'm not interested in this drama? Yep. <clears throat> yeah, and by the way, I think I told you offline, Marjan says that she's not ready for Kentaro. Kentaro's rough. We no. watched the like the teaser, like if you just sit there on Netflix, if you hover over it or whatever, it'll play the trailer, and the trailer did make it seem pretty scary. I mean... The way his eyes roll back in his head, and he has... Uh, is a powerful orgasm when he eats dessert? Yeah. <laughs> it's a powerful, powerful orgasm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a lot. The, this, is a, this is a very highly qualified recommendation. Uh, I was able to handle it. I decided right away that the the person portraying Kentaro had an actor's secret, and that the actor's secret was that Kentaro is sexually gratified by murder. Yep. It doesn't come up in the show. I could be right. I could be wrong. Yeah. He might have a bunch of heads somewhere. It's not covered in the first season. Like you said, actor's secret. Not necessarily going to show up on right. screen. Might not be the director's intention at all, or the author of the original... Uh, comic book that it's based on yeah yeah and by the way i definitely got the feeling that when she said not ready she meant not old enough she's not old enough yeah (laughs) it's it's a little it's too much for her delicate sensibilities i almost jumped in because i knew she wasn't ready and she was out of town but i think she might get to ready and i don't want to watch it twice Uh, it's worth watching with someone else honestly it's pretty good I, I really enjoyed my watch uh, through of Kentaro, the Sweet Tooth Salaryman. So what we decided on watching instead was a show that it has been recommending to me for like two years, which is Strong Girl Bong Soon. Yeah, recommends that to me too. Okay. Um, There are parts of it that are pretty okay, but it has the same wild tonal shifts that plague a lot of Korean shows do me the elevator pitch for it it's a girl Um, who's very strong yeah runs in her family but only the women in the family so like her grandma's a super strong her mom was a super strong but if you use your powers for ill you lose them oh shit what her mom do uh she wanted she was really selfish she used it for fame she wanted to be like the world's most famous strong person woof yeah and lost her powers anyway so this girl's grown up um trying to just kind of hide it she's got a crush on a dude of course. Right, she's refusing the call in the hero's journey. Yes, exactly correct. Uh, she just wants to be a regular girl. She wants to work at a gaming company, because she always wants to make a video game about a strong girl. Um, she has got a crush on a cop, who she grew up with. Uh, the cop is involved in the weird, hyper-serious portion of the show about a real pervert 
who kidnaps ladies and then dresses them up like dolls and keeps them in cages and he wears a skin mask. Oh, wow. Yeah, again, every time... Barjan must be so sick of me because every time that guy pops up on screen, I go, why is this in this show? Why (laughs) is this the same show as the other part with the strong girl? Because the part with the strong girl is like uh, a slapstick comedy where like she keeps running into the same group of gangsters who keep trying to get revenge on her but she can like punch them into orbit and they like these characters have spent most of the show in the hospital recovering from having fought her and like that one guy ain't got no teeth and he's so painfully frustrated by getting beat up by her and he like he can't control his bowels anymore and he pees everywhere all the time oh, so it's wow. like they've got like two very different shows happening I wish it was just the strong girl part and not the skin mask part, if that makes sense. Oh, no, that makes sense <laughs> to me. Every time he falls on the screen, I go, I just, I don't, I, I don't understand. I wish the skin mask part wasn't happening is a sentiment that I understand completely. Yeah. Uh, anyway, uh, but the CEO of the gaming company that she wants to work for hires her as his bodyguard when he sees her beat up these gangsters because somebody is blackmailing him and try- and threatening him and stuff. So um, uh, then it turns into a love triangle between her, the cop, and the CEO. But uh, oh, cool! Is there, there's got to be a fourth. There's got to be another woman, right? Oh, like there's a real, a real good-looking woman, probably. Th- there's a real good-looking woman who was dating the cop, and cool. I think she, I think where we are, she just got kidnapped by Skin Mask. So real alley cat vibes. Yeah, yeah. So um, I recommend half of it. <laughs> Well, that's a tough. That's a tough recommendation. <laughs> Maybe every time Skin Mask comes on, you can just fast forward. With Kentaro, it's like prepare your body and mind, and also don't watch it around kids. Right. Uh, your recommendation's a little harder to do. Yeah. Maybe there's a middle ground here. Let me recommend Samurai Gourmet. Okay, I, that is often recommended to me as well. So here's Samurai Gourmet. An old man retires from a job. Mm-hmm. And now he's got to fill his days and he walks around the neighborhood and he goes to various local restaurants and, uh, when he gets in there, he's, he's a timid man and he's used to, uh, used to being a working man. So he has to summon up the courage of an ancient samurai who oh. appears to him in visions to convince him like that. It's okay to have a beer at one in the afternoon. Ah. Oh. Okay. That seems pretty low stakes. It. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Oh, that seems actually really comforting. It's it's a real good show. Okay. Okay, because I couldn't tell what even it was. I didn't know whether it was scripted or not, or I didn't ever watch the trailer or anything. It's like, it doesn't seem like it's enough to even be a show. But it's basically this guy is learning to enjoy life Sounds, through a period piece drama where a samurai... See, because the samurai, he just eats and drinks and has a good old time. He's kind of uh, a sensualist. Oh, okay. Know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I'd say between... Uh, like, He's disreputable. He might be a ronin. It's called Samurai Gourmet. But he may not be a real... It doesn't seem like he works for any particular daimyo. Yeah, I was going to say, he's not a real daimyo-employed samurai. <laughs> right. Yeah, he's not one of these uh, stick-up-the-butt samurais that you see sometimes. Right. Like in The Last Samurai, he's not like one of those right. types. Yeah. And I'm not saying he's full lone wolf and cub, but he's uh, he hasn't become a demon, but he's definitely, he's a little bit disreputable. But he gets this guy to, like, order a second bowl of noodles or whatever. Oh, man, I gotta say, between, like, 
regular work stress that everybody has, and then seeing what a horrible hellscape the actual world has become. Yeah, 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 yeah. These are the kinds of things that I feel like I need in my life. Like yeah, I was yeah, saying, yeah, like gonna... if I only had the strong girl part of that show. You're going to like Samurai Gourmet for sure. When you're done with that, definitely get into Midnight Diner Tokyo Stories. Okay. All right. <laughs> but Samurai, Samurai Gourmet is where you're going to want to start. Uh, that's actually a helpful recommendation then. Yeah. All right. Well, I think we covered it, man. I think we, uh, I think this was a cultural podcast. If none of the others were before it, I think this one nailed it. I agree. We did, the, we did some haps. We did some video games. We're bringing some culture to this thing. Mailbag was short and sweet. Next week, however, oh, no. is a Star Trek week. No, wait a minute, though. It can't be. Check again. I'm afraid that it is. Do Just check again. Check the schedule and see if that's really true. Those who wish to play along must watch the following episodes. The Gamesters of Triskelion. Well, that sounds fake. That can't be real. The Emissary. Oh, okay. I'm actually looking forward to that. The Jem'Hadar. Season 2 finale of DS9. The Swarm. Don't remember. And Horizon. Also don't remember. Yep, Enterprise is coming fresh off of its third win. Oh, yeah. We'll see if Horizon... A move in which direction Horizon is, if I can Yoda that up too much. <laughs> yeah, you, you did a little bit. Um, And also, now Voyager's in dead last, so it's going to lose its uh, theme rights. That's right, I will be... I'll be, be uh, trying be to figure out swarm. a song for The Swarm. Yeah. All right. Well, that was fun, everybody. Please send us more mail for next mailbag. Uh, that's uh, at BrotherDate on the twi- Twitter machine. Um, you can find us at BrotherDate.com. You can go to the iTunes. And uh, we'll be around. Bye. Best thing to happen to the podcast in a while. Hurrah for book reports. Yeah. And she responded back. Glad to bring a bit of culture to the podcast. That this sounds podcast like an insult. This podcast is pure culture. Yeah, I don't... I, um... Please subscribe.